Exploring the Word of God together allows us to share in the joy that comes from discovering the words of hope and salvation which overflow from our Bibles. Upper Room Media presents to you this educational, enlightening and entertaining Bible study. Prepare to be transformed. So in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Psalm 117, by the way, was one of the psalms that Pope Krollos used to say, you should pray it in the morning when you wake up. Just before you brush your teeth, before you get your day going, it's three verses. You're asking the whole creation to praise God. Psalm 117, let me just get a read it for you guys quickly. It says, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, laud him, all you peoples, for his mercy endures is great toward us and the truth of the Lord endures forever Alleluia. that's the whole song basically it's like a, it's almost like a one sentence the the psalm actually is based on one of the most favorite story in the book of Exodus you will see it in uh, Exodus 34 6 and it said and he ple- and he passed in front of Moses when Moses went to God and told him God I want to see you so what happened God passed in front of Moses. And what happened when God passed in front of Moses? The Bible says, God passed in front of Moses proclaiming, proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding abounding in love and faithfulness. When God revealed himself to Moses, he told him, I am gracious, I am slow to anger, I'm loving, I'm faithful, I'm kind. And that became one of the most beautiful stories in the history of Israel. One of the most beautiful stories in the history of Israel is that the history of Israel is basically uh, an event of the greatness of the love of God to them. And if you look at the psalm, obviously we said it's only one, one sentence. It's one of the shortest psalms. Some people try to tie it to other psalms, but it just doesn't work. The dating of the psalm is uh, 7th or 6th century before Christ. The 7th or the 6th century before Christ. And basically, the psalm, the psalm is calling, the people are calling all nations, all tongues to praise God. It's not because the Jews believed in other nations worship God, but they believed that God is so worthy that every single person should praise Him. Every single person should praise Him. The psalm obviously opens with praise God and ends with praise God's, praising God. Anyone who experiences the love of God cannot stop praising Him. That's the whole psalm. So if you look at the psalm, because I will read it one more time, because it's a very short psalm. It says, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Lord Him, all you peoples. For His merciful kindness, or His mercy, is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord, or Alleluia. By the way, you will see that psalm is quoted in so many different places in the Bible. In Romans 15:11, St. Paul says, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Lord Him, all you peoples. Galatians 3.8 And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying In you all nations shall be blessed. Genesis, this is what God told Abraham. 12.3 When we say praise him, it's a calling 
for everybody to come and to sing. It's almost like at the beginning of a service when, uh, when we're saying, hey, let us stand up for prayer. Let us praise God. Let us praise God. Always, by the way, when you look in the Psalms, you will see that the kindness and faithfulness of God or the love, you can replace the word kindness with love, mercy, and the faithfulness of God are always leading the people of Israel to praise. Whenever they mention, mention these two words, makes them want to praise God. Loving, merciful, kind, or faithfulness of God. What is he saying? Because his mercy is great toward us. The literal meaning of this phrase is that his mercy prevailed over us. You know, like, when you try to humiliate somebody and reject somebody and, and hate somebody, and he continues to show you love. Or you try to insult somebody and he just keeps humbling himself or herself. You say his character overpowered me. What can I do? What else can I do? The constant rejection of humanity to God. His mercy still endured over us. Like one of the fathers said, God looked from heaven and saw humanity like a prostitute. And he said, God cannot come in front of a prostitute because humanity would not be able to stand his glory. So what did God do? He wore a human body and he came and he told the prostitute, I am one like you. Let us talk. Come try to get to know me. Come try to get to know me. By the way, in the scripture, it talks about that the, the duty of the nation is to praise God. And the praising of God is not always related to the experience that Israel had. You will see this in the book of Acts, when St. Paul was teaching the nations, he's telling them, through him we live, we move. He created everything. In Acts 15, 25, says, Nor is he worshipped with man's hand, as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. He gives all life, breath, and all things. Israel did have some sort of a special experience with God, but also every nation should praise God. Every nation should praise God. Just get a, one of, one of, the, one of my, my favorite expression in this psalm here, it says what, for his mercy, endures forever almost his mercy settled upon us and think about it this way almost every single good action we do even biological action we do requires the mercy of God your breath your digestion everything requires the mercies of God God had his mercy settle on you and me even while we're sinning. The moment I'm sinning, still the mercies of God are over me, endorsing me. And that's why I praise him. Because his mercies are indescribable. And regardless of my rejection, regardless of my hardness, his mercies are still so accessible to us. The greatest mercy 
that God has given us is the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll see this in Hebrew 9.15. And for this reason, he is a mediator of a new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Now, the mercies of God through our Lord Jesus Christ are completely different than what people have experienced before. Now we get to experience how to unite with God himself. We get to experience how to unite with God himself. His mercies endures forever. We all get a, as we move in our day, I'm done, but as we move in our day, it is extremely important for us as the people of God not to see the world through the eyes of the world. The amount of ingratitude to God is unbelievable. Where are the people who used to thank God for sickness, for suffering, for death? Where are the people who praise God in all situations? Because they know that everything is granted to them from Him. Where are the people that feel they, because they, are, they have not praised God enough, they're calling all the creation, all the angels to praise God? What can I repay you for what you have done for me? And our Lord said, He said, What could I do for my vineyard and I have not done it? But when I'm praising God, I'm not praising out of obligation or I feel like I should praise because of one I said I praise and if I don't praise, I feel like I'm at a lower spiritual level than those who praise. That's not the point. The point is I want my eyes to open. So I could see the works of God everywhere around me. I could see his hands working everywhere around me. One thing that I want to conclude with, one of my favorite saying I read, one of Saint Teresa, she said that there is no detail that is too small in our spiritual life. No detail that is too small in our spiritual life. Every thought, every action matters. And she also said that it is important for us as a people of God to be faithful to the grace of God. God gives you mercy and gives me mercy, but I need to be faithful. What do I mean by this? I'll give you an example. Sometimes, for example, you stand in the liturgy or you pray at home or there is a period in your life where you feel you're so close to God. You attended liturgy and you felt the presence of God. And then after you leave, you go back home and you follow exactly your typical routine. You turn on TV, you eat a big meal, you start joking around, fooling around. The God just have given you grace that you were able to pray and taste Him in a different way. This liturgy you attended was not a typical liturgy. Something different happened. 
then I need to go home and be faithful to the grace that God has given me. His mercies wants to work with us unconditionally all the time. But we must learn to be faithful to the works of God. So we may praise him and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.